Welcome to the show. We are tuned in for real-life stories with real-life people who have overcome adversity and healed their life. I am your host, Victoria Johnson, teacher trainer and coach trainer for the Heal Your Life Certification Program and best-selling author of Do That and Then Some Transform Feelings of Less Than to More Than Enough. As Louise Hay always said, the point of power is in the present moment, so let's get started. Hello, listeners and viewers, and welcome back to another podcast. I'm excited about our guest today. Her name is Kat Coley, that is spelled C-A-T-C-O-L-E-Y. I'm spelling it out for you because you're going to want to check her out on Instagram and on Facebook. Kat Coley Coach, C-A-T-C-O-L-E-Y Coach on both Facebook and Instagram, and then her website as well, katcoley.com. So Kat is a business coach. First of all, that is her absolute passion. She helps people to bounce back like a badass. I love that. What a great slogan. (laughs) (laughs) She's a podcaster and a speaker. Her podcast is called Bounce Back Like a Badass. And she helps solopreneurs quantum leap their mindset and get paying clients. Things weren't always this way for Kat. She did have this amazing fairy tale life that she was enjoying with her husband and young daughter. And then life happened and it happened hard. Thankfully, Kat was able to actually read her way to where she is right now. She read 400 to 500 books over a period of about a year and a half and just really filled her mind with all things good. And I am going to let her tell her story of (laughs) overcoming adversity and now not only transformed your own life, but helping other people to help people transform their lives. Like it's the ultimate pay it forward ripple effect. Yes, it is. Uh, It's so wonderful. Well, welcome to the show, Kat. Thank you so much for having me and so glad to be here. Oh, so happy to have you. So as I was saying, you know, our show is all about these motivational and inspirational life stories and hearing how people have healed their life and overcome adversity. Wherever you want to start with your story with the listeners and the viewers is fine with me. So just <laughs> go ahead and, and I'll ask questions along the way. Awesome. Well, as you were saying, uh, I did find myself living this kind of very picturesque life and as most times, you know, as we compare ourselves to the highlight reel of other people's lives, you don't know what's happening behind closed doors. And very much so in this scenario as well, my life was, it looked like picture perfect, living in Southern California, having this amazing life, living by the beach, having a husband and a daughter. But behind the scenes, there was a lot of things happening. And I was hiding this kind of huge secret that only a few people knew about. Um, And it was basically my past catching up with me. So to make a very, very long story short, um, as we talked about, one day I came to this conclusion that uh, I needed to really just face life. Um, Things that have happened and, and the choices that I had made prior to this picturesque life. And, and that kind of caught up with me while sitting in court for a sentencing hearing. And in that time frame, I was sentenced, I was supposed to be giving probation, but I was sentenced to 19 months in prison, state prison, uh, which I know kind of just shocked to everybody, including myself, including my family, because it was, again, only supposed to be a probation. But anyways, I had to go through. Go ahead. I'm, I am going to just ask a question right there because I know that there are people watching and people listening who can really relate to feelings of shame and embarrassment from things that we have done in our past or choices even that we've made in our past. Yes. And so you had shared to me with me prior to being on the podcast that you didn't tell anyone, you know? That- no, it, yeah, absolutely. I did not. Um, it was 
it was always a time where I felt like, okay, maybe once I was in, under probation, then I could start talking about it. But there was just so much this kind of unknown. And plus, I was absolutely ashamed, resentful. I, you know, I, it had ended friendships that I had had because of it, because of the situation I ended up leaving where it had all transpired and moved out of state. At the time, I thought it was just because just have a new start. But of course, in, you know, retrospect, it was because I was trying to run away from it and not deal with things as typically do. It's just a fresh start. It sounded like such a good thing. But it always does. What's done in the dark always comes out in the light. So yes, that's a great, great. What's um, done in the dark always comes out in the light. And I was going to say too, wherever we go, there we are. There we are. Exactly. Regardless of what we do and how how much we try to hide it. And at the time, it was just so much. It just felt like just this huge pressure on, on top of us. And to, there were times that I wanted to say it. There was times I wanted to just spill everything, but just the shame of it all and the embarrassment and the resentfulness of, of the things that I had done and the choices I had made. And then looking at like the life that I was now leading, I was like, I didn't want to spoil it, you know, by jinxing. <laughs> but yes, that, yeah. if I can say that, like if I, I felt like if I set it out loud and put it out into the universe, that it would then change the dynamics that I had created. Um, mm-hmm. But a lot of that was the, the, the foundation of that was all a lie. So, and this is it. This is that lie catching up to us um, and catching up to me. And so um, when I went into the sentencing, uh, there was nobody that knew that I was even going. I had um, not, I'd taken a day off at my job, which I absolutely had loved and has, has started this new career, kind of the second phase of my life. And when I was sentenced, it was very, it was a rude awakening, obviously, on all fronts, just everything from my family to friends, my work, everything, just it, it all fell apart. And uh, there were definitely months in the early months of those 19 months where I didn't know if I could survive because I yeah. was, this was, every, everything about this was so foreign to me. Everything there was, I'd never barely gotten a ticket in my life, a car, a moving violation ticket or an accident, let alone find myself where I was at. So everything was, was, it was just so, everything was pins and needles for me. Everything was so new and scary and I missed my life, of course. And I equate this to when, when somebody passes on that you're close to, because while your world stops, everyone else's lives has to go on. And it's absolutely uncanny what are you thinking? Like, how could they go about their day when I'm in here? How could they? But they, they, they do because they have to. They have right. to. Go how on. could they even laugh? Exactly. And for myself as well, because I really felt like, how do, how do I, I can't, why, why, there's nothing to smile about. There's nothing to laugh about. And in the time that I was there, as I was, I found myself volunteering, um, I found myself through kind of being bounced around in the system because. Um, my crime was so low, considered to be a, a very white collar, low crime that I didn't need to be kind of at the top end of things at the high security. So I found myself very quickly going through the system into a community uh, level where I was able to find a job and I was able to volunteer at, at the secondhand store that was affiliated with the state prison. And, um, and this whole time you're away from your husband and your one-year-old daughter. This whole time. In a different state. In a totally different state. So yeah. Barely able to, well, barely able. I saw them in pictures, basically, that was sent mm-hmm. to me by, by them and my family and missed all of those amazing things that as a mom um, that you just, you can't wait for. 
all the first, the first words, the first tooth, first, um, first time they walk, all those first, first birthdays, um, mm-hmm. birthdays even I missed. And I remember uh, very clearly that I thought that it's, it was close to her first birthday when I um, had left. And I had thought that within like those three weeks that I would be home, that something was going to happen. I just, I just all felt like it was a mistake. And so that I would, I would, you know, wish that in those three weeks time, or I think it was three weeks, that I would be home by the time her first birthday happened. And it wasn't. And um, I remember being on the phone. I was able to call when they were holding her birthday party and everybody was there but me. And that was probably one of the lowest times in the entire time I was there. Just that moment, because I remember it like it was yesterday. And, and what were those emotions? I'm thinking about this and I'm thinking about things like guilt or... Oh, there's a lot of guilt, a lot of shame, a lot of, again, resentful, embarrassed. Um, everyone I could tell was trying to be strong for me. On the other mm-hmm. end of the line, everyone wishing me, everyone wishing my daughter had birthday. It was my whole family and friends were together and I was on the phone and I knew that the, the reality of that and what that looked like. Like it was, we weren't pretending I was at the store or right. just away, you know, where I was at. And I can only, then I started to imagine the judgment that mm-hmm. would, those even those who were there celebrating that they had and the conversations that must have been happening when they walked out the door. I thought of all of those things. And then, yeah, well, and you had a lot of time to think. And I'm so glad that you found books because when you don't, you know, the mind can just keep telling stories. Oh, they do. uh, And they do. Absolutely. And they're not always true. Very often they're not true. They are. It's your mind is your biggest asset and your worst enemy all in one. And uh, and it's the voices that are inside that speaks the loudest. And if you're not feeding it good things, if you're not feeding it positivity, if you're not feeding it hope and faith and love and all those things then you're feeding it the complete opposite, which is just fear. And it takes over. And I saw it. I saw it firsthand. I saw what that that place can do to you. And uh, if you don't, and and I found a different way. Thank God I did. I found a different way. Thank God I started to open these books. Yeah. Um, so so you started volunteering at a, a church with a bookstore or with a secondhand store that had lots of books. Lots and lots of books. <laughs> so I, I started just basically reading just all about the self-help. Just how mm-hmm. and then um, it started it, I just had to go deeper and I, I just found whatever was there. And there were a ton of stuff there. It's a lot of Tony Robbins, a lot of um Dr. Dwayne Dyer, just there's a lot of um just a lot of thought leaders and authors and brain food for you it was and i i devoured it i would go through books literally in one sitting if i could and i did because i there was only so much i could do with my time and that was one thing i had a lot of there was time time to reflect time to think back of decisions i've made time to think back of what the future was going to be like for me so the 19 months was very very difficult was was agonizing but also it inspired me to, to be able to find a new path and a new way mm-hmm. of thinking. And, and so as the time went, I, the 19 months came and I literally left almost to the day of the 19 months, I mean, sure, because my, my sentence was actually 
19 to 48 months. So they could have kept me much, much longer. So I didn't exactly know up until maybe a couple of months before the 19 months came, if I was going to be able to go home at that month. With that, with two months, says that again, it's up to the state if they decided, but they did decide. So I knew at that point, about two months, two, three months before the 19 months came, that I was going to be leaving. And I came home and the world had changed. Everything had changed. And I thought I could just jump right back in and continue on with that life. And it was a rude awakening, to say the least. So my husband asked for a divorce. The day after I came home. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. And um, the only thing that kept me grounded was my daughter. It, was, it literally was as if we, no time had passed between, you know, the last time we saw each other and then. And we've been inseparable, inseparable ever since. But that time it was, I really just thought that, again, I could just get this, my life back. And that mm-hmm. was what the, it was in the cards for me. I did come home to Southern California, um, where I now live, but I had a job, no place to live. I did have a vehicle, um, no husband, no money, nothing. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I had to start over, all over, and nothing was what it seemed. I now had this huge stigma of an ex-villain that was now part of who I am and part of my identity. And I had this thing that just like a huge chunk of my life where I felt like I was cursed. Mm-hmm. And so I, was, I said to myself that this was, I was going to just leave all of this in the back and never reopen this again. And we're going to sweep it under the rug. And I went back to finding a normal job, my a day job. And mm-hmm. in that, go ahead. So I'm just curious. So during this time when you came home and you, you, know, you thought you could just push play again on your life, right? Right. Um, when you got home, did you continue to feed your mind the positive things to read and so on? Or did you just kind of think, oh, I'm just going to go back to the way things were? Right. Yes. But you had changed. I Everyone had changed. around you had changed you. And exactly. You and so, and you had changed. Yes. And so it was in, so within the first few months of coming home, I had not forgotten, but it just, I'd put all those things aside, all the things that I'd learned, all the things that I had written. I wrote journal after journal. If you can imagine, I just filled yes journal books up while I was away. But now I was back to the real world. This is back to reality. And I was no longer, you know, stuck in a room reading through books. And I had to face reality, I had to pay bills. I had to, I had a daughter to take care of. I needed to place, find a place to live and find a job. So all of these things. Um, so yeah, I, it, they, those, the things I learned and the things I read kind of went on the back burner. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until I started to, I started my job and I really, I found that there was something missing. Um, so I went back and did started doing events again, because that's what my previous life had been. And I found myself loathing the job and trying to figure out like, what it was I was supposed to be doing. And I was like, okay, this is my second, you know, chapter. This is or the how the, mm-hmm. this is my, my second coming kind of reinvention. Yes. What do I want to be? Do I still want to do this? But I also had this, again, the huge stigma. So I ended up finding, I didn't know that one existed, a career coach. And I started to say, I just need a new career. That's what I need. I just need a new career. So after a couple of months, uh, uh, introduced to her via online. And it took me two or three weeks to tell her the reason why 
I had I just, you know, just still, because then it was still so fresh and so new, still shame, still you know, embarrassed, still um, guilty of everything that has happened. And so after about two or three weeks of her, you know, going through like different jobs that I could do, I finally started to give her a little bits and pieces as to the reason why. And then one day it took me still a couple of hours in that conversation, but finally I divulged everything that happened mm-hmm. and she was in absolute awe. She was like, you don't need a career. Like that's, I don't think that's your path at all. I think this is your path. And I was like, oh no, 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 no. I, I'm not talking about this. This is not something I'm talking about. This is something I'm sweeping under the rug and leaving behind. And she's like, I would honestly rethink that if I were you, but you know, that's you. And so that's when I started to really kind of understand maybe this was my path. Maybe there was something, there was reasons why all these things happened. And it was, I was chosen to go through this. I made those choices. And now here I was at the fork in the road, figuring out which direction I was going to go. And I started to do some speaking engagements and started to speak to just women entrepreneurs who I was kind of befriending at the time and networking with. And this that's how this started. And then on, on the side of that, I started to do just coaching in general businesses because I, that's, that was my path before this. Um, business in general, prior to when I moved to Southern California, I did business development, blah, blah, blah. And so it just kind of all kind of came together. And I started to reinvent myself. And I started to use the experiences that I had, the things I learned, the rock bottom feeling the, and realize that they were all, I was meant for something bigger and I was meant to tell my story and I was yeah. meant to not hide it. I was, and so my idea is always about standing in your truth and using that, your story to not define you, but mm-hmm. to help you, yes, help guide you. Yes. And, so, and you know, oh, sorry. That's another great quote, you know, is about uh, how we can, it, life isn't what happens to us, life is how we react to what's happened to us. Absolutely. And you are just an amazing example of somebody who has taken the worst of the worst, you know, the biggest fear and transformed it, transformed your life, healed your life and, you know, went on to do great things then now as, you know, a business coach yourself as yes. well, you know, as, as having your podcast, which I love, Bounce Back like a badass. <laughs> Now it makes sense. Yes, it does. So to me, that is, you know, a huge story of your strength and your transformation. What I would like to share with the viewers and listeners are, what are some of the tools that you used to release guilt? Um, There's a ton of exercises that you can do. Um, But one of them is one of the exercises that I learned and I still do to this day because, you know, there's a lot of things that we can to be guilty for is just to dig deeper and understand why that story is true for us and why it's also false for us. So whether or not, whatever that may be, maybe it's the business side of things, maybe it's the relationship side of things, maybe whatever it is, I was, I'm always asking myself and the tools that I use is, what story am I telling myself as to why is that true for me? And so when I go back and it'll go back and it'll go back way even beyond this whole situation that happened to me, it goes back most times it goes all the way back to childhood of the, of the reasons why I tell myself the story. Or it could be, you know, why am I not good with money? Because that's, mm-hmm. that's, you know, why, why do I have, you know, this, this terrible relationship with money? And it's, I have, you answer that same question. Well, it's because of this. And why is that true for me? It's because of this. And why is that true for me? And you just dig deeper and deeper and deeper yes. and get down to the core of what that is. And then that's when, 
that is when you can actually start to change your story and try to change your beliefs, not at the surface level, unfortunately, because that's what people think that they just need to ask one question and be like, oh, no, I'm really good with money. Well, that doesn't change. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you do need to absolutely get to the reason why you believe that, you know, like with using the money example, a lot of us have negative beliefs that, you know, you have to work hard for your money or there's never enough money or, you know, money doesn't grow on trees or whatever it is that we were told. Yes, exactly. And, uh, you know, or that, Maybe we've been told our whole life that we are bad with money, right? And so then really, like you said, identifying that the truth, figuring out whose voice it is, is that in fact your voice? In Nine your times head? out of 10, it's not. <laughs> no, it's not, right? It's somebody else's belief, right. not yours. Mm-hmm. And then once you recognize that and have really looked at that and gone deep and recognized the root then that's when the affirmation comes in. That's when exactly. it's, you know, I am good with money. Money comes to me easily and effortlessly. It's you know. only then, it's then that those breakthroughs happen. And I think that's the misconception about changing mindset and changing beliefs mm-hmm. um, is it does take time to get to the core. And it, it, it does, because sometimes we, we don't know that we even have these beliefs. We don't even yes. know that they exist in us. We think that they don't, but obviously the evidence proves that it does because it's not you're not where you're you want to be and there's reasons behind that and it took a lot of digging and understanding i read a lot of books obviously about the mind neuroplasticity quantum physics and epigenetics and mm-hmm. all these you know, just all these books and understanding how the mind works and to understand that we can use it to our absolute advantage but sometimes we, 9 times out of 10 we don't know how we're just kind of going by our day to day and just dealing with things and being reactive as opposed to being proactive. And, and so in that same breath of um, life is happening to me, not for me. That's you know, right. That, that I, yeah. That I, yeah. So all the tools that I read about mm-hmm. and studied and researched back when I was away. And then of course, all the things that I've done since then, it's, you know, it's courses and gone on, you know, it's, events and things just, you know, basically reinforces that we have the power. We absolutely all, do. We, it's all inside of us. Um, <laughs> yes. We, and we could be the victim, mm-hmm. could be the victim. And I did, I played victim super well. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I, you know what? I, it's okay to go through that phase too. Yes, exactly. You know, I think it's, it's also part of it, but like you yes. said, not to get stuck in that story. Exactly. Right. So that's where I find a lot of my clients are in that, in that position, in that space of victimhood, not realizing that that's really, that's, that's where they're that's at. Right. Um, that's right. And, and you've shared so many great quotes today, you know, like the life <laughs> is uh, happening to me, not for me. And so, yes. you know, yes. it's just really all of those things and learning to find the appreciation. And I just applaud you so much for your resilience and your strength and your bounce Thank back you. ability. <laughs> I love it. I might, I might use that now. Yeah. Bounce back ability. <laughs> it goes along with your bounce back like a badass podcast. Exactly. exactly. I, I'm definitely going to be checking out that podcast. I'm excited to yes, uh, learn more do. about you. And on Facebook and Instagram, it is Kat Coley, C-O-L-E-Y coach. And uh, the website again is Kat Coley, C-A-T-C-O-L-E-Y.com. And, um, I asked you on the questionnaire before the show, you know, one motivational tip that you'd like to share with the listeners. And you shared something that really touched my heart because my favorite Louise Hay book is The Power is Within You. 
And your response was the power to create the life you desire already exists inside you. It absolutely does. And you just, you have to find your way there. It's like, it's like re, rediscovering yourself. I think we go so far outside mm-hmm. uh, of us, as, as, as we all know, um, looking for whatever it is that we're looking for outside of us, not knowing that we have to go inward yeah. where it's at. And it's so important that when we are going through hard times, the people that we surround ourselves are the people that we even, you know, work with or in terms of hire, like a coach or so on, that they are recognizing that and affirming that back to you, that they do not hold the power to change your life. You hold the power to change your life, Absolutely. to heal your life and transform your life. They are there to guide you and to bring it it's, out. And that's, that is always, that's always my, that's what I always tell all my clients is that mm-hmm. I just, I want you to know that I'm here to walk along with you. Yes. But it's all inside you. I just help flush it out. I just help get it out of you. Yeah. Um, and you've got such a beautiful... inside. Yes. You've got such a beautiful nature, a smile that lights up the room. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Absolutely. And, uh, and great, great wisdom. Thank you so much for being with us today. And please Thank you for having me. Reading. I will. I do. I do. I, yes. Too many, too many books. I have too many books. I got to at least finish one before I get to the next one. I have a book problem myself, so I understand. Uh, I always recommend anything Hay House. Yes. I love all of their authors. So to the listeners and viewers as well, uh, if you're kind of wondering where to start, pick up a Hay House book and and uh, know that you will find great so things much there. insight. Yes. And what you were saying to uh, Tony Roberts, Robbins, uh, Eckhart Tolle, there's just so many classics out there. And, you know, do be in touch with, you know, a coach that resonates with you and uh, check out Kat, Kat, Kat Coley Coach on Facebook and Instagram. I am going to end today's podcast with a quote. This is a quote written by an Indian philosopher, and uh, he was an author and a composer. And um, I'm going to try and say his name. His, her, I'm not sure to be honest with you. Shri Shri Anandamurti. Shri Shri Anandamurti. Indian philosopher, social revolutionary, author, and composer. My apologies for not having that name 100% correct, but the quote is 100% correct. <laughs> and um, here it is. And, and here it is for you, Kat, and also for the listeners and the viewers, okay? Awesome. You are never alone or helpless. The force that guides the stars guides you too. Oh, that's a great one. Yeah. That's a fantastic one. You deserve a fantastic life. And I am so grateful that you are giving back to the world in the way that you are. And that you're here on the show with us today. Thank you for having me. Thank you. So much. Thank you for joining us today. If you would like to become an internationally certified Heal Your Life teacher and coach, please visit thetraining.ca. To be a guest on the show and share your story, please visit victoriajohnson.org. Thank you so much for joining us.